the football pod. Conor Moore said that in punditry today, that colour, wit and enthusiasm is missing. Tune into the football pod. <laughs> Paddy Anders and James Dunne will bring it for you. Subscribe to the football pod wherever you get your podcasts. The football kickoff with Sky. Watch every single live Premier League game on Sky Sports, BT Sport, and Premier Sports. All right, you're very welcome along to this week's episode of the football kickoff with Sky. All the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport, and Premier Sports. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel and you can leave a comment there if you are subscribed. I'm delighted to welcome Keith Tracy and Phil Egan to the show. Gents, you're both very welcome. How are you? How are you doing, Jerry? Very well. Uh, do we know now after last night's results um, that. Newcastle are going to be in the Champions League are we saying 100% nailed on guaranteed 99.9% mm. look at what they did to Brighton at set pieces and they're playing Leicester on Monday and Leicester are even worse than Brighton at set pieces and they can see they haven't kept a clean sheet Leicester since the World Cup so that is a nice handy one for, for Newcastle and to be honest when I saw the, the Brighton starting 11 I thought this is a good chance now for Newcastle they left well, Evan Ferguson didn't start Alexis McAllister didn't start why not what was going on they've just had so many games he's kind of had to mix and match it and I, I, do you know what though when they got it back to 2-1 I thought he still has those players on the bench brought them on but then yeah. it just got done late when they were pushing for the the, the equaliser but yeah that should be that one now in Newcastle at 2-1 it was actually a really great game it was really exciting Brighton are brilliant to watch even when they're losing yeah, Brighton are excellent to watch, but I think Phil is right. I think there's a couple of them. The workload has just been too much, especially McAllister. He got to the final of the World Cup, obviously winning it, got a very little break, turned straight back into the Brighton team. So he he's obviously exhausted, and it's been a long, tough season. But yeah, I, I actually watched AZ Alkmaar against West Ham, so I'm not too. I obviously know the result in that, but. Yeah, at half time in the West Ham game, I was thinking, will I switch? But I stuck with it anyway, and we got a, I got a few fireworks at the end of the game, and West Ham obviously got to the final. Uh, yeah, it's a big, big thing for David Moyes. If he was to be finishing up, if he could sign off his career with the European trophy at West Ham, I'd feel pretty good about that, I think. And you think if he, if he does win it, that's it? I think so, yeah. I think they've had enough of him. I, I think he has to win it, or that they might be flirting with just maybe... F- not, I wouldn't say exactly sacking him. I don't no, think that'd be more, the right uh, terminology. Freshening it up, or yeah, you know, maybe something even, like that. Even though it's exactly the same thing. Yeah, exactly the same sacking. thing. But yeah, I'm like, yeah, I think he deserves it. I think he's been a great manager over the years. You know, whatever about what happened at Manchester United, like, everything excellent, Preston excellent, West Ham, the two stints, largely excellent. So if he was to get a European trophy for him, I don't think many people in football would, uh, would begrudge him. No, and it'll be interesting to see what the knock-on effect for the weekend's Premier League games as well because obviously Leeds played them on Sunday and Big Sam has done his press conference and he said usually you could pick the West Ham team but you can't. They, they made nine changes against Brentford last weekend. And Big Sam was licking his lips. He's hoping, Perfect. He's thinking, it's all coming up, Big Sam. Chance and Big Sam, a former West Ham manager. Yeah, well, to go back to Leicester, I think I think Leicester are gone. I think yeah. from what I'm seeing from them, they've no fight left in them. I think they're gone. So we're, we're down to either uh, Leeds or Everton, and I think Forest. No, I think I just think they're going to be all right. I think there's a field, but I think they might even get something about against Arsenal. I yeah. think they might get the draw. Look, I know we'll come on to that, but I think if Forest gets something against Arsenal, which I think they they might just nick a draw at home. I think they're pretty much safe because the team's below them. You know, I don't think they'll catch them. Just one last word on, on Brighton before we move on. They brought a, a kid from Australia off the bench last night, an attacker, Cameron Pupion, who had never heard of his debut. Yeah. It's like it's another 18-year-old. So they've like three teenagers who they feel might be able to start for the team. They've just signed the kid from Watford as well. It's like this is a very well-built team for the future. Yeah, and CISO was another player that was left 
out of the starting eleven came on and he looks like he could be starting next season and he could be unbelievable. We've seen his goal at Stamford Bridge. Mm-hmm. He just has great feet and he's got a little bit about him as well. Him and Almiron, the two Paraguayans going at it last night, they made up after the full-time whistle but um, there was a nice little bit of needle in that and obviously Evan Ferguson came on. I've always felt that Evan Ferguson needs to stay at Brighton and get a full Premier League campaign under his belt and we'll see and he can reassess after that. Um, because defenders will get to know more about Evan Ferguson and it'll be up to him then to be able to adapt his game and, and find that space but look at he's I think he's at the right club and they are they're brilliant to watch and sometimes was, they're doing stuff playing out from the back where ah. there was a few times last night they got caught but they, they, they got away with it but it's really brave and it's great yeah. to watch Like it, and so there was one stage where uh, the right back made a like 70 yard run with the ball at his feet and you're like this is, I don't, you don't see this you know yeah um, no, but that tricky kind of I'm getting the ball in really tight spaces hmm. and we have the confidence to play around and as you say sometimes you're going to get caught but when you don't all of a sudden you're in. you create space and the one thing I love about Zerbi I heard him in interviewed after uh, one of the recent games and he came straight out and said yeah we'll probably lose Casado we'll probably lose McAllister but for I think uh, Evan Ferguson should stay he's had his opinion and Matome he thinks should stay for another year so he's very realistic about yeah. what he, he knows will be coming in the door so to be unearthing people already 18 year olds dropping them in throwing yeah. them in the deep end I think it's all with a view to next season a very clever club and it's brilliant to see a selling club being able to compete at the right end of the table yeah and like look we, we see Leicester the the cycle that Leicester have been through and you really hope that this doesn't happen to Brighton as well it may well do but um, with with the Zerbi right he is obviously going to end up being linked more and more often with the bigger jobs that happen but it does feel as well like it'd be better for him if he had a couple of years at Brighton and fully understood the rigours of the Premier League season before just coming in for one year and going straight to Spurs because you just need to see exactly how this works what the referees are like which ones take your shit and which ones don't you know like I can see how you get your head turned if one of the big clubs came from and obviously Spurs still have no manager and are like desperately listening to talk sport for good ideas it seems (laughs) so if you're a Deserby what do you do? Yeah, right in what you're saying. He should stay, he should earn his stripes, get to know the league inside and out. But if he keeps doing what he's doing, and let's be honest, like Brighton are a selling club as well, so he's not going to be happy the fact that McAllister's going out the door. If we fast forward to next season, the likes of uh, maybe one or two more will be going out the door. So that that will grate on him as well, that the best players are going out the door. So if the likes of a Spurs or a Chelsea or an Arsenal do come knocking on the door on a personal level, I think his head will be torn just because they're, they're elite clubs and like you said he'll have a bit more say he said no I want to keep that player yeah. or I want to spend 100 million on X, Y or Z so it's just, it's, I do think it's a natural next level for him but I'd like to see him stay at Brighton it looks like a very very good match at the minute it does seem like a great fit and they also they're doing all their business now it seems like mm-hmm. they've, they've already made one signing it seems and two other coming in on a free and it's like okay we understand what, what the business is going to be here over the next while yeah he's got European football next season as well they've a bit of work to do to get Europa League and you know, if they, that, that's why I think Liverpool fans were looking at that game last night thinking this could be the one that Brighton do a favour but as I said when you saw the starting 11 because Brighton knew if they won last night and if they beat Southampton on Sunday they would have been guaranteed top six now they've a bit of work to do they still have to play City so they um, I think they've they've Aston Villa as well isn't it yeah City might have already wrapped up the title by that point if uh, things keep yeah. going mm. yeah but they could rest everybody so if he has Europa League football to look forward to like if you're mentioning Chelsea and Spurs yeah they're bigger clubs than Brighton but Brighton are so well run going from that environment to 
what's going on yeah. off the pitch at Spurs and Chelsea would be a, a real eye opener for yeah. him. And maybe he looks at the guy that he replaced at Brighton and to, and thinks, "What's the point? Know, I don't want to do that." Yeah. But look, these managers are so good. If they get offered a big job, they think I can do it, and that's been their ambition their whole life. Yeah. So it's very difficult to say, "Oh, I'm going to I'm going to wait for the right one to come along because it might never come along." Okay, a reminder: the football kickoff is with Sky. All the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport, and Premier Sports. The five fixtures that we're looking at specifically this weekend: Spurs versus Brentford kicks off at half past twelve tomorrow on BT Sport. Liverpool Villa is three o'clock on Premier Sports. It's Forest Arsenal at half five. On Sunday, it's Manchester City against Chelsea, which should and could have been a tricky fixture for Man City at the stage of the season, but it isn't. That one's half four on Sky Sports. Live commentary with Stephen Doyle and Brian Kerr on Off the Ball on Sunday on Newstalk. And Newcastle against Leicester is Monday Night Football at eight o'clock on Sky Sports. Let's start with Spurs and Brentford. Um, is this like a job? Is this like a, you're going to, what's happening here? With Thomas Frank, yeah, I, I think there's there's a few little things going on. Obviously, um, probably a lot of focus on the goalkeeper for Brentford, Stabaraya, who hasn't signed the new contract. Looks like he's going to leave. Spurs need a goalkeeper. Now, maybe it's a bit of both where Spurs are looking at him, but he's also looking at Spurs and yeah. thinking... What Does I he might have his pick, will he? Do you think? Yeah, he's, he's a... Like, he 40 fit, million quid is the figure that's in the papers. Yeah, he fits that profile of goalkeeper that has excellent distribution. I, I can remember when they drew 3-0 with Liverpool last season and I know they beat them they beat Liverpool this season at their, in their own ground but Klopp said he was just you know the way Riot distributed the ball that night was basically like playing with a you know a quality outfield player just was able to ping the ball anywhere he wanted and, and that's what the elite clubs want now that's why there's all this talk about David De Gea and his contract situation at Manchester United do United to move to a different level they need to get a goalkeeper that can play in a certain way and De Gea doesn't fit that profile now and Davaraya is one of those players I'm not saying United should sign him but Spurs need a goalkeeper and if he has a good game tomorrow maybe um, someone might give him a card after the game to say uh, call us yeah him and his manager might be at Spurs next year Frank is the latest one that is they've cycled through at Spurs as a potential candidate yeah, it's very hard to to see any downsides. Thomas Frank has been been excellent for Brentford from top to bottom. He's ran the club and on a, on a shoestring budget in the Premier League. He's been able to compete. And it, the one thing that I always look at, he seems to get players on side. The players with bit, bits of ego. I know Ivan Tony is uh, in a bit of trouble at the minute, but he gets him on side. He seems like he can throw the the bottom lip out at times. And it's players we've never heard on in Buemo Vissa these players were never ever heard of and all of a sudden their, their mainstays in the Premier League team so I think I think he's been absolutely excellent and I know people will, will jump at Pep because he's doing so well with Manchester City for manager of the season but I think it's just a good job only the second season in the Premier League and they've been excellent I mean, one, one, one big worry with them is now they average about 43% of the ball they're notoriously in a, in a, a counter-attacking team with Ivan Tony coming out of that team now you're losing that just sharpness at that edge of the pitch and I think opposition teams now might not just be that little bit afraid because Vissa nobody else is in, in double figures other than uh, Ivan Tony. so there is a big drop off in class at the top of the pitch now so I'm, I'm just not so sure where they go now without Tony. The opposite of the point I was making earlier about Deserby, who's just there this season Frank has had his two seasons in the Premier League and as you say uh, his star striker is unlikely if there's an appeal but at the moment it's going to be unavailable for the vast majority of the season you're like now is exactly the perfect time for him to cash in on his moment in the sun right? You would think so but like the Spurs job is a great job if you're a good manager 
Yeah. Well, there's been very good managers now. Like I, I would That's say, the worry for Spurs. Conte is an exceptional manager in my eyes, and look how Conte's it went with him. Conte's won everywhere he's gone except Spurs. Yeah, like he was that. also an explosive character who who decided fairly early doors that um, he didn't like the cut of everybody's jib and was yeah. calling out the board. Frank might be able to like you know make friends with them and maybe they'll respond a little bit better. Possibly, but yeah, very sceptical heads here. Yeah. I just think the fact that Conte has won wherever he goes, but but Spurs, and that there's a lot of Spurs fans that feel that once Daniel Levy is there, then things won't change. They might change initially when a manager comes in, but in the long term, they won't change. Okay, let me let me recast expectations. I don't think Spurs are are potential title winners. I think that like um, the title surge they had the year that Leicester won the league is uh, an unusual thing for them. But they could qualify for the Champions League. And if Frank comes and Spurs fans recalibrate the expectations, because when when Conte comes, you're right. Everybody's like, oh, we're going to win the league because he's such a genius. But actually, they didn't have the hierarchy or the architecture in place. The 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 investment in the team has been like piecemeal and bad whereas if you have a manager who has like a medium term vision within two or three seasons I think somebody like Thomas Frank could get them back into Champions League places or at least proper competition for them like they were they, they could have qualified this season with the Champions League if Conte stayed yeah yeah but and everything I know the press conference was self-destructive but everything he said in it was right and it just seemed to be dismissive because oh, you can't be saying that stuff in the sort of media but every word of it when he starts pointing the finger inwards at the players and at the club and everything's wrong change the manager keep changing the manager the players need to look at themselves and there's a lot, there's an awful lot of players in the Tottenham dressing room that aren't good enough to be at the club and yeah. that, it, that's what I mean when Thomas Fra- if Thomas Frank went into sports and he has to speak to Daniel Evening and he wants this player and that player I think he needs to be a, you need a, a strong strong character to get what you want there with Daniel Levy okay. they need a good sporting director they don't have one No, and there's talk of a few different ones but Brentford are, it goes back to what we were saying about Brighton Brentford are a really well run club and they recruit well so that's that has helped. There's no doubt about Thomas Frank's coaching credentials as well, and t- tactically. And I remember watching their away game at City, where they they won. But beforehand, he didn't give much away in his interview beforehand. But he said, "We know what we have to do to win this game." And then they went out and won, which not many teams have done this season. Yeah, no, fair enough. Okay, prediction. Two on to Brentford. Okay. I mean that's uh, so I go towards Spurs. All right, Liverpool Spurs three o'clock. Sorry, Liverpool Villa three o'clock on uh, Saturday afternoon. Um, Liverpool's run at the moment is obviously title winning. If they hadn't been mm. coming from so far behind, uh, is it going to be? Is it too late? And can they put some pressure on Manchester United this weekend? The fact that they're playing at the same time as United probably isn't going to do that. That's why I thought if if Brighton had got something out of Newcastle last night Liverpool actually could have moved into the top four and just even you know for Newcastle players to see before their game on Monday night that they're no longer in the top four that could have put a bit more pressure on them but now like there's a, like you'd expect United to beat Brentford or sorry to beat Bournemouth and that game is at the same time Liverpool play Villa and even though Liverpool are at home that is a tougher game for Liverpool than United have so I kind of think it's done now but I think from Klopp's point of view and he's spoken about this they've won seven in a row if like even at the start of that run Liverpool fans are thinking like they're not even they're going to fin- finish about 10th yeah. and there'll be no European football and people say it's only the Europa League but 
you know the Europa League does offer opportunities to try other players out like absolutely in in big big games which against you can't do in the Champions League top quality opposition like you would definitely get really good game time into those that middle tier of yeah. young players who you're not sure if they're going to make it or not but who are showing more signs of making it the more often they play yeah absolutely and then I suppose Liverpool fans will be thinking wouldn't it be nice to get to the Europa League final next season because it's in Dublin alright oh yeah <laughs> yeah okay. so there's there's something for Liverpool fans maybe just to soften the blow if there's no Champions League football and it's the it's the competition that Klopp hasn't won with Liverpool he obviously got to the final when they lost to Sevilla but that would be something and we've seen with the Premier League teams tend to have a good chance of winning it even though United and Arsenal both got knocked out in the knockout stages Um did Liverpool stumble on something in the middle of the season this year uh, and should we expect them to be this good at the start of next year yeah you would like to think so I think Luis Diaz coming back is another another big option for them Jota coming back as well and there's one or two Curtis Jones has started coming to the forefront looks like a, a decent player as well but there's still a lot of question marks over it. a lot of the younger players there's, there's too much reliance on the younger players and for a lot of time, you know, we heard Van Dijk saying he was tired. We heard the midfield was a couple of yards off. It they just seem to have unlocked another yard. Like they they they've re-energized, and it's a big big push. And feels right. A couple of weeks ago, maybe six seven weeks ago, you're looking at Liverpool and thinking any sort of European football would be brilliant because it, it was so out of reach. But now they're maybe flirting with being able to make the Champions League. It'd be excellent, but. I just think you know, Klopp has already said United are in the driving seat if they get so many points to do and you would imagine with the two games remaining United will get enough points on the board to keep Liverpool at bay but nonetheless they've shown what you want from a team they, they haven't played well in some of them games they were lucky to get over the line it wasn't all beautiful free, free-flowing football it was doggedness ruggedness and sometimes a little bit of luck but that was brilliant from Liverpool and they're, they're away from just undone them this season they were awful away from home yeah yeah uh, like, have they understood finally how to use Trent and it's going to all be fine yeah. and we're going to stop giving out about his defensive stuff and go, oh, okay. He's like the, you know, if Pep was doing this, we'd be like, wow. Well, the, it's always been, it, what, what we've seen now is that moving Trent Alexander-Arnold into that position centrally means Liverpool have more protection in there. So that space on the right-hand side of their defence, which was getting exposed all season, is no longer getting exposed. Ironically but, enough. Yeah, but that was always... He's, he's stopping the problem that he used to have. Yeah, and you could just see he was getting fed up with... Every week he was going out and the same thing was happening. Whereas yeah, now, like b- bizarrely when I look at him now, he's become a better defender by not playing in there because yeah. he's got that like he's got a real desire about him now he's enjoying his football again and there was a few times the other night against Leicester he got caught in possession but as soon as he lost the ball he was back and that was always my concern about Trent Alexander-Arnold in midfield if he was going to be guilty of players running in running off him and but he's actually shown in the the few weeks that he's no problem tracking players and I just I've kind of almost revised my opinion on is is he good enough to play in midfield and because I, I just always thought well why would you when you've got him and he's got the whole game in front of him well it turns out you can now have these hybrid players who do everything right yeah but I, the thing is though in certain games you can't do it and the prime example is Camavinga the other night against Manchester City where 
he was exposed. At the prime, maybe the prime example is actually on the other side of the field where they pick Kyle Walker for those games against Vinicius Junior. Yeah. When Walker was in and out of the team, and they were happy enough to have John Stones at various stages or Kanji play there. Yeah, and like, okay, you're not actually uh, going to be a right back. You're going to be an extra body in midfield, but we need you to defend when you're defending. And le- like, maybe you just have horses for courses, but the vast majority of the games, the ones that win you the league you know 35 league games or 30 league games yeah. over the course of the season you're the extra body in midfield you swamp teams you create chances you score goals you win games yeah those away games which Liverpool drop points in so many of them and but for certain big games yeah, you say right we're going to maybe change things up here now here's the thing will other teams just work this out somehow I think they will I think like, like Phil has said I think for the large majority of games against so-called lesser teams I think you can pop Trent Alexander in there Arnold in there no problem he'll get assists but people are ranting and raving about it. some of his passing has been brilliant it's been alright but he's only one assist more than Andy Robertson so people are you know I think he's nine and Andy Robertson is eight so for all the the good play the good passing statistically it hasn't really changed that much and defensively it, it look, He's not getting ripped apart by Vinicius Junior or getting skinned by Mbappe. It's literally just the want to run back sometimes, and it's he's away with the fairies. When you see the position he's in, you're just thinking, just be a body. Like I, I was an awful defender, but managers used to just say to me, just go back and be a body, Keith. Just be a body and don't don't sell yourself. Yeah, he sells himself so so easy at still now position. in the last well it, since he's made the move. See, yeah, well in midfield he will have centre halves right behind him on the flank when somebody goes past you your arse is out the window they're coming in around the back so it's really difficult if you're out there you're getting exposed but there's a little bit more protection for him in the middle of the pitch and largely when Liverpool don't have the ball he's going to go to right back it's only when they have it he bops into midfield so for the large majority he will be fine but against the clash of oppositions the the cities the Real Madrid's of this world the the Liverpool well not the Liverpools but you know what I mean against the clash of oppositions they will struggle to to implement that that game but you also be expecting they'll have a better midfield to operate in next season yeah it's needs must at the minute and like the engine room like of a Klopp team is the midfield and that's why it's been so bizarre watching his midfield and the lack of quality in there and the lack of legs in there where some a team that depends so much on energy has allowed this to happen so it's been a real wake up call they nearly got away with it they could still get away with it but you know, if they do get Europa League, maybe it's a reminder to the owners, do you know what, and to, and to Klopp as well, that you, you took your eye off things here. You, you probably overvalued some of your players and we know that there's a few players leaving. The likes of Naby Keita and Oxley chamberlain will go down as players that on their day they did okay, but they weren't available enough. Yeah, okay. Uh, Liverpool going to beat Villa? It's a home game. They're roll, they're I, they roll. might just eke out, well, like... It, you know, a one goal win, whether they keep a clean sheet or not. But now Villa will be a tough game. I can see Ollie Watkins having a bit of joy on the break. Okay. Forest Arsenal is the half five kickoff. You did not predict Forest going down. Does that mean they're going to get something from this? Are Arsenal's hearts broken and they're already talking about the transfers coming? And maybe this is a great time to get them? Yeah, I just think it's. I think I, I predicted that the earlier on in the season, Arsenal's younger players, the likes of Martinelli, Saka, Odegaard, would get injured and they would tail away from the race. They haven't really got injured. Martinelli got injured last week, but I think they've hit a brick wall. You know, you, you can be fit as a player, but you need that sharpness, you need that energy. I don't think they have the energy going out on the pitch. They can fit, they can, they can still run, but in terms of covering the distance over a short period of time, I think that sharpness has just gone out of them. They're tired and. 
Forest are not a bad team at home. They pick up the majority of their points. And for Steve Cooper to be able to say in the dressing room, lads, a win here, a draw here, all but gets us safe. So what a way to do it. And uh, I'm not sure, is that they've won more home game after that? Or no, sorry, they're playing Crystal Palace away hey, yeah. in the last game. Which isn't so, an easy game. Exactly. The one thing, you do not want to be going to London having to get something off of Crystal yeah. Palace on the last day. So well, I know it's difficult. but Not be like, yes, come on, guys, we're finished. Hey. But again, they, they'll play with the, with the shackles off as well. And they have yeah, the players to hurt you. They really with do. Zaha, Eze, yeah. Elise, they can really, really hurt you. So go all in here for this And the fact game. that Roy Hodgson looks like he's sticking around another year, if you phone it in on the last day, you'll be coming back to training and you have yeah. to look at him again. Oh, but like, I, I don't know, you, you played your final game of the season at home. Is it a thing that players want to sign off with a win where they think this is the way we, we have to well, finish? Well, there's win bonuses, right? Like that's, there's a motivation there, like the pure naked financial. I don't think it really comes into it. Really? Yeah. No, because it's it's an everyday thing. You're getting right. your, your win bonus, your point bonus, whatever it may be. And the last game of the season, honestly, if if you're not in, involved in it in a promotion push or, or a relegation battle, you're just in the middle of the the, the table. It doesn't really bother you. The last game of the season, I, I remember a, a funny little story for you. I, I was playing for Preston and Phil Brown. The last game of the season, we were playing Watford at home, and we were already relegated. And Phil Brown had told me, listen, I'm going to play the kids uh, for next season, just blood them a little bit. Long story short, I went out on the on the piss that night to a charity event and I came back the next morning, opened up my phone, like two missed calls off of Phil Brown saying, such and such is, is sick, you're starting in the morning and had to play against Watford. But yeah, look, it's I don't think players, like that's the sort of stuff that goes on the last game of the season. Yeah. And I, I was given the OK to go and have a point the yeah. night before. So. How did you play? Uh, I hit the post and actually swung a Which dig post? at Troy Deeney. <laughs> I, I actually I actually tried to hit Troy Deeney for a, a ridiculous tackle, and it was that it was such a pathetic punch. And uh, Troy Deeney was laughing at me that the ref even let it go. He was like, "That, that was absolutely <laughs> pathetic." And I got away with it. But, yeah, not big and not clever, but yeah, last imagine, day of the season stuff, you know. Can't imagine punching Troy Deeney with a good punch is also a good I'm, idea. Yeah, I'm so happy I did miss him. I don't know what I was thinking. To be honest, he's a big boy. He's a big lad. He and is. I'd say he wouldn't take too kindly to that. But was the tackle that bad? I, no, I don't think so. I think I just chipped one down the middle and he's tried to block it and left a tiny bit on me and I've right. overreacted and, you know, last, like I said, probably just a little bit annoyed. I had to get out a bit. All right. Forest Arsenal, half five. Give me your uh, predictions on Sky Sports. I'm going to go for a draw. Yeah, I think I think Arsenal will go there and be a little bit fat. I think uh, uh, E is getting a little yeah. bit better. I really enjoy Just watching Brennan Johnson. Morgan gives white little touches of class he has in that middle as well. So I'd like to see them stay up. I like Steve Cooper as a person. He comes across really well in the media and with such a big turnover of players, I just, I'd like to see him do it. Yeah, I, if they do stay up, like the decision, remember it was like, oh, the sack is imminent, the sack is imminent, there's an announcement coming, the announcement's coming, the announcement was he signed a new contract. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. Like that's very unusual, and it's really worked out for them. Yeah, a few weeks later as well. Then they were saying, "Look, we're we're sticking with them. We're denying those rumors in the the media that yeah. we're going to get rid of them." So, yeah, if maybe some clear out as well if they if they do stay up because they sign so many players. But he's assembled a pretty good starting eleven. Where he said Owen E is banging in goals now, and just his his strength. I could see him now having bit of joy against the, the yeah. Arsenal central defence which obviously is not the same without Saliba no and uh, only a year left on his contract did you see that Saliba's only a year left is that right yeah, yeah. it's a little dangerous situation Arsenal found themselves in it is but I'm sure I think he'd be happy to stay I'm not sure Like, where does he go from there it's a very limited 
uh, people on top of on top of Arsenal at the minute in, in world football. So I don't think City be too interested. I don't think Madrid, Barcelona, the likes would be too interested in him. Just he, yet. Was, he was good, wasn't he? Like very good. Yeah. You know. Anyway, let's move on because we've got plenty <laughs> of transfers to talk about. City versus Chelsea, half four on Sunday. Uh, City's form at home, obviously, absolutely sensational. Is there any hope here that they're a little bit hungover from the absolute joy of putting together one of the great all-time European Cup performances, Keith? I hope so. I really hope so. The Arsenal fan in me is, is desperate, and you know, you, I'm looking at games. I looked at the Everton game, and I think maybe that's one they can slip up in. I'm looking at the Chelsea game, and I'm trying to convince myself they can slip up in these games, but you just don't see it. They're just they're an absolute machine. They just churn out these game after game, win after win, and it's it's been outstanding. The four 0 demolition of Real Madrid. Like how many teams in one football can do it at the Real Madrid? Not an awful lot, you know. Probably only Manchester City. So I think they'll make an awful lot of changes against Chelsea uh, with them being at home. You know, the likes of Foden. Uh, Julian Alvarez these boys are going to be coming in World Cup winners and in- internationals you know mm-hmm. Foden is the top highest goal scorer and he's been injured for months just shows you the levels that he can reach and I, ju- I just don't see Chelsea you know bringing anything to the party I think a lot, an awful lot of their players are all, already on the beach they've got an awful lot of excuses for stuff that's happened off the pitch and I see them turning up there and just being a bit flaky City tearing them apart and being 3-0 up after probably in around half time and City then just coasting to the win but Chelsea it's a, such a big, big job and it's such a big turn over the players. Which players do you keep? Which players do you... Do you well, I keep seeing people refer to it as oh, Pochettino's rebuild. I'm like, what? I mean, uh, he's surely rebuilding from the people they have on the team at the moment. It, it, it should be just a clear out. That's rather than a rebuild. Just say, right, you're gone. Like, um, there's All their players seem They've to They've got to get some money back though. Absolutely, but they, they will be. The, the, that many players that... I. Uh, the City game on Sunday sure City could be champions by the time effectively if Arsenal don't win yeah. then there's three points in it and they've 20 goals better off so City are and this is their last home game of the Premier League season yeah they finished with two away games against so Brighton and Brentford an opportunity to sign off and then yeah win the win the title so even if, if Arsenal win then the yeah. it's there for City just to go and beat Chelsea and be crowned champions for the third year in a row yeah what a plucky underdog story that is <laughs> Uh, we, we obviously have been talking a good bit about the uh, charges against Manchester City on the uh, morning show and the evening show so uh, before you start angrily tweeting us and texting us why don't you talk about it? we have we've talked about it a lot um, uh, anyway so that is the Sunday kickoff. we expect a routine victory from Manchester City whoever yeah. they play one of yeah. two trips for Chelsea to Manchester that week uh, do you think Frank Lampard could get anything out of the trip to Man United or is that that's the bit that the Liverpool fans have to hope for now Yay, Frank Lampard. Right. Yeah. We just, I just don't see that Chelsea team no. having anything really. I, there's 30 odd players in the dressing room. There's so many of them are already. They, look, the injury list is, is, is very severe. I know that, but I just think too many of them are on the beach. And like, it might click. There's an awful lot of talent in that dressing room. Yeah. They could turn up and click, but. They just don't score goals. Mm. No, they keep hitting the, the, the bar. Um, would Lukaku fix things? Is Lukaku a footballer still? I feel like we've been here before yeah, with this one, yeah. haven't we? It's just. It, it just hasn't clicked for them so while they have them is it worth if you're Pochettino do you take them at least until Christmas and then go okay I'm going to have a go at you yeah, I don't know I mean it's one of the, like, the thing is if it doesn't work it'd be, it'd be pretty quick to realise that it's not going to work and then you're Stop. left with a player a big personality that wants to be playing and if he's not playing will start doing his interviews with different outlets 
those quotes will be going everywhere. Come January, you're gone. It's, uh, it's okay. It's fine. We're going to send you off on loan. You better find a loan deal. We'll yeah. decide that you're going August to August and January is a long time. Though. It is a long time. It's fair enough. Okay. So, no, is, uh, is your answer. Newcastle versus Leicester, 8 o'clock on Monday night. We talked briefly about this already. Um, this is a routine hammering, a celebration, St. James's Park of European football, and uh, well deserved. Yeah, and again, um, that's, what a thing for Eddie Howe to be able to say in the dressing room before the game, lads, win this and we're, we have Champions League football next season. Mm. It's outstanding stuff it is. I know they, they eased away from the relegation zone towards the end of the season, but Christmas time last year, Newcastle were banging the tick of it. And to be going from relegation to, to Champions League football is, is outstanding. And people would say, oh, well, Eddie Howe's brought players in, he, he spent money, but he's improved an awful lot of players within the, within the squad as well. And when he speaks to the media, he comes across, really well really really grounded so yeah Newcastle looks excellent they're going to obviously have to their squad will be stretched if they get if they get European football which they will Champions League football I think they will go and do it so they will need to recruit very very well but yeah I can't see anything other than a Newcastle win and Leicester what can you say about them they just like the, the, the fight for them was was when they played Everton when they played Leeds and they drew the two games that was their season there in a nutshell and they shied away from it and then you're thinking you need a big big reaction against Fulham 3-0 down before they even start swinging digs and again against Liverpool I know Liverpool are class but you're, it's a dog fight they just didn't seem ready for as the soon as they fight. concede they're gone yeah. and they, they conceded the two goals quickly to, to Liverpool and then they nearly conceded a third goal. And it was literally 15 seconds, yeah. wasn't it? And, and the crowd had just looking, like You're looking at Tielemans has been like talking about getting away from the club for the last two years and he's wearing the captain's armband. Then you have James Madison, who I rate highly, but it almost looks like a player who's just no confidence in anyone around him. So he's taken extra touches because he just doesn't want to pass the ball but yeah, he you keeps getting caught in the ball would you be super confident that James Madison can just go from this situation into another situation at a Premier League team who's at the top of the table and, and find his form again I would be I think uh, yeah he'll, he'll play the internationals for England in June he'll, uh, I think he'll get a move and he'll go straight into it to a decent team somewhere but and be back to full He'd be enjoying his football again. Like yeah, him. I think he will. I think I think he is a very, very talented boy. But he, he, <laughs> Leicester at the minute, like you, you talk about characters and the DNA, what type of players you want in your dressing room. As a, as a coach looking in, that's not the type of player you want. When the times get hard, his head is torn and he's thinking about going to other teams. For me, that's what's happened with him because with the talent he has, I know he scored a decent amount of goals, but his performances, by and large, haven't been good enough for Leicester, and that's the reason they are where they are. But I, I feel his head's been torn, and I. I I'm not sure what the Leicester fans think, but I just don't think he was good enough. Even the Fulham performance, and then he's tweeting after like it just felt like he was excluding himself from that performance as well. And look, I, I think he's halfway into another club already. I mean, yeah, like Vardy doesn't have 90 minutes, and but Iheanacho's injured, so the option is either Vardy or Daka. Do you go with Daka to start and then bring Vardy off? Maybe. Actually, well, that's what they did gone. against Leeds when he came on and he, he got the goal. But I'll tell you one thing: when they do get relegated, I think they will get relegated. There's going to be a lot. The fallout we'll find out. Ah, oh, the bitchiness. Yeah. There's going to be some um, some good articles on that. You know, what yeah. went wrong or many, who did this? Many leaks. Uh, it, it, the one thing about Newcastle, just to uh, wrap this up, Anthony Gordon hasn't quite made the impact that we thought. And I just wonder: is there potential for somebody like Madison to go somewhere and be on the fringes of the team and not quite as effective? But anyway, but to specifically talk about Gordon, that was one of those signings where this looks too good an opportunity to pass up. But actually, maybe in retrospect, it wasn't. 
Yeah, I, I, when he when he left Everton, like he, when he played for Everton, he looked good. He was a handful. He's very quick, very direct with the ball, but he was still quite raw. And I think you get that now in the Premier League. Anybody shows any sort of promise at a decent level, they're going to be taken out of a selling club and brought to one of the bigger ones. And Newcastle have took a very early gamble on him. And look, just because he hasn't quite hit the ground running doesn't mean right. That's it. He's not good enough to play sure. for this level. He's plenty of plenty of time on his side. And, the one thing we can see when he has the talent it's the other things the people running off him keeping his head silly little things he does but definitely definitely has the talent and you know maybe going to Newcastle it's 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 a crazy city to live in it's it's just all all football he wouldn't be able to walk down the street without everybody knowing who he is so it's probably a little bit of a lifestyle change from as well he'd be earning a, a vast amount of money a lot more than he was earning at Everton so a lot of things from to get used to he's probably moved up the north as well so there's a human being that has to adjust to everything as well and the younger you are generally the harder that is to adapt as okay, well so, so jury's out still don't be just give yeah. him a little bit of time I think if, if he's still not hit the ground running next season I, I'd be happy enough to, to cast uh, me vote on him but at the minute still question Marks. Sadio Mane is obviously being linked with a move away from Bayern Munich he says he wants to stay but I think you have to say that so that uh, you get whatever bonuses are coming your way and then uh, a loyalty bonus uh, and then it's Manchester United or Newcastle United he's being linked with Phil which of these would um, would go down worse slash better with uh, Liverpool fans ah, look, not even there's no debate there if, if Liverpool fans saw Sadio Mane wearing a United jersey then oh better off he's, he's not forgiven he's um it's you start deleting history. <laughs> that's that's how that's how that one would go down. I, but it this is the way the market is set up now. That if you're leaving a club like Bayern Munich, there's only a few clubs that can get you. Yeah. But again, it falls into another player that has left Klopp and hasn't worked out. And it was it's only one season. But there's so many players that think I'm going to leave Liverpool, and it just doesn't work out for them. You think of Mane, Coutinho, even Wijnaldum left. They didn't give him a new contract and has barely played any football. Had a, a really bad injury for Roma this season. You know, wasn't a regular for PSG. Like Emery Chan wouldn't sign the deal. He thought he was better than Liverpool went. and He was never better than Liverpool. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he'd be good at Newcastle. Sadio Mane would be perfect for Newcastle, wouldn't he, next season? European experience yeah well they need they do need depth definitely um, you know Isak obviously when he came into the team and he stayed injury free he was excellent Callum Wilson's had a really good season but again does have his issues with injuries Yeah. so they just have to keep topping up their squad and that's the thing the scary thing for the rest of the Premier League is they're going to be able to do it they're going to be able to do it and there's so much more room for improvement yeah yeah, but the one thing with Eddie Howe is when when he signed me at Burnley, uh, I had to go and have a meeting with him at his house, and he 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 wants to know what the individual is like as a person. He doesn't just say, "Oh, he's a good footballer, get him into the building." So, so Sadio Mane having that scrap with you, right? That's exactly what was in the back of my head. Whether Eddie Howe would fancy him, knowing that he's he's a fiery type of character like that, because. Eddie Howe he can raise his voice he can rant and rave but generally that's not his demeanour so if a player is coming in and he's like that I don't think Eddie Howe would be would be enjoying that too much but he's an outstanding footballer so I'm not too sure I think it'd be a great fit on terms of the pitch but in terms of the individual I think Eddie Howe might, might want to meet him and just put his mind at ease a bit yeah okay alright well look the uh, transfer window will be open soon enough but there's only a few games of football left for us to talk about and only a few more weeks of the show this is the football kickoff with Sky all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports BT Sport and Premier Sports my thanks to Phil and Keith this week we'll see you next Friday at half past 11 take care the football kickoff with Sky watch every single live Premier League game on Sky Sports BT Sport and Premier Sports